Good afternoon, this is Pamela, and you are listening to Watchmen on the Pod. We're going to continue today in our book reading of Billy Graham and His Friends, written by Dr. Kathy Burns. Um, I'm just going to do a reminder, and this reminder is this book was written years before Billy Graham passed away. And he had every opportunity to come back and prove himself, but he did not. And one of the main reasons is because she actually goes into his autobiographies, um, also biographies that was written with his permission concerning himself, and also all of the historical records. She does not do anything on assumption. She has documents to back up everything that she says you need to understand that this is not someone with a chip on their shoulder this is someone that was actually saved if i'm not mistaken we read in the beginning of the book through one of his crusades she truly honored billy graham and believed in all that he did but as she continued to grow in her walk with the lord the lord began to reveal things to her and he will do that. God will use whatever means that he can, he has available, in order to show us the truth, in order to bring us to salvation. Sometimes, you know, believe it or not, I have heard of my mom. She had told me stories of a man that here in town, many years ago, he would preach. He would be drunk. People would get saved. People would be like, I don't believe that. Well, you may not believe it, but it's true. It happened. doesn't mean that that preacher was a preacher of righteousness. Obviously, he wasn't. He wasn't sober. He was drunk. But the words he spoke were truth. And God said that his word would not return to him void, but it would accomplish that it was to do. So sometimes if he's got to use a donkey or a drunkard, his word's going to go out. And there was people that were saved. And with that said, you need to understand. As we're reading this book, we're finding that Billy Graham was not an upright man, as many claimed him to be. There was people in the world and of the world patted Billy Graham on the back and spoke very highly of him. Well, that should bring a red flag to everyone. Because the world loves their own. Those who live for Christ Jesus, the world will hate. That's the word of God, brothers and sisters. So with that said, out of the way, I just wanted to reiterate and make sure that you understand that Dr. Kathy Burns did her research, has documentation, used Billy Graham's own words through interviews, through autobiographies, books that he authorized to be written of him and he was alive when this book came out and had every bit of opportunity to refute it but he did not so now we are in chapter four this is part one fcc ncc and wcc Congressional record for December 9th, 1987, revealed an FBI report on Soviet active measures in the United States. One section was called the Soviet Campaign to Influence Religious Organizations, which stated, quote, It is clear 
that the Soviet Union is increasingly interested in influencing and or manipulating American churches, religious organizations, and their leaders within the United States, unquote. The report went on to say that the campaign, that the campaign was, has targeted the members and leaders of a broad range of religious organizations within the United States and uses several channels for its campaign and disinformation, unquote. In, his ch in this chapter, we will look at some of these religious organizations and their leaders. The Federal Council of Churches, FCC, was founded on December 2, 1908. It originally consisted of 31 major American denominations. In 1950, it represented 144 local congregations and a total membership of 32 million. It was formed by men such as communist Harry F. Ford and a socialist Walter Rauschenbusch. We've already looked at Harry F. Ford, so let's briefly examine Rauschenbusch's background. Rauschenbusch was a Baptist and a graduate of the Rochester Theological Seminary. He had also taught at the seminary. One group in England, started by Frederick Denison, Maurice, and Charles Kingsley, was called the Christian Socialist Movement. Quote, it sought to bring the kingdom of God upon earth, a social legislation that would give men economic and social as well as political democracy, unquote. They did not believe in eternal punishment in hell and believed that no one would be lost, universalism. They also claimed that each one should recognize his or her sonship. It was this group that had some influence on Rauschenbusch. He developed these ideas and soon became one of the main leaders in what was called the social gospel. Quote, analyzed social salvation, which collectivist theologians teach is basically a restatement of the Marxian dogma of economic determinism. Change the economic environment and man will be transformed. A theology based on the message of Christ teaches that through true repentance of him and his teachings, man is changed and can in turn change the world and correct its ills, unquote. Rauschenbusch wrote, quote, We differ from many Christian men and women who believe that if only men are personally converted, wrong and injustice will gradually disappear from the construction of society. It does not appear such to us, unquote. The Bible, on the other hand, states, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. In 1892, he was instrumental in organizing a group called the Society of Jesus, which was later changed to the Brotherhood of the Kingdom. He belonged to the British Fabian Society. The Society's purpose was to gradually move the world towards socialism through political synthesis or syncretism. In 1907, 
Fabians began a weekly review called New Age. Their coat of arms is a wolf in sheep's clothing. The dictionary gives this definition for synchronism, quote, reconciliation or fusion of differing systems of belief, as in philosophy or religion, especially when success is partial, unquote. This definition should have more significance by the end of this chapter. Rauschenbusch, quote, called upon Christians to build a just social order based on moral law, not God's law. He thought that Christians had failed to carry out Christ's command to build a kingdom of God on earth, unquote. He also wrote, quote, in socialism, we recognize an aspiration after this higher social order and an attempt to prefigure it in economic forms. As such, an aspiration, socialism, is distinctively a moral protest against existing disorders. We believe that whatever better social order is coming in on the earth will come as an evolution. We are evolutionists, not revolutionists. In this sense, we are socialists, socialists in the spirit rather than the letter. We follow the methods by which Jesus Christ applied his principles. It is after his pattern we would be Christian socialists. Rauschenbusch wrote in 1893, quote, The only power that can make socialism succeed if it is established is religion. It cannot work in an irreligious country. Unquote. Another author wrote about Rauschenbusch, Quote, socialism, thus, was his first concern. Religion was only a means toward achieving socialism, unquote. You see, the communists know they can't destroy religion, so they have organized to infiltrate it, unquote. This is a very important statement, especially in the light of the fact that Rauschenbusch was one of the founding members of the Federal Council churches. Since he believed that socialism could only succeed through religion, it's no wonder that he started a religious organization, the FCC, to help promote his goal of socialism. In fact, social creed influenced the Federal Council of Churches, which adopted several aims that have become known as the social creed of the churches. These aims reflected the influence of such writers as Messiah Strong, a social Darwinist, Shailier Matthews, Washington Gladden, father of the social gospel movement, Francis G. Peabody, Frank Mason North, Walter Washenbush, Charles Celez, I'm sorry, and Harry F. Ward. We will now look at a number of individuals who had prominent roles in the FCC, the NCC, and or the WCC. Shailier Matthews. Shailier Matthews was one of the early presidents of the FCC and a liberal Baptist. He didn't believe in Christ's substitutionary atonement. 
and also denied a literal and personal return of Christ. Quote, true second coming, Matthews insisted, was the triumph of the ideals of Jesus and human affairs, unquote. Matthews would mock biblical teachings in an address to the Religious Education Association, published in 1910. He said, quote, Whereas Calvinists spoke of God's election of man, the Democrat speaks of man's election of God. The democratic spirit of the age is demanding that the church abandon sovereignty as the controlling concept of its theology and leaven itself with democracy, unquote. The NCC, quote, made headlines by coming to the defense of radicals such as the communist anarchist Angela Davis, supporting the treasonous Panama Canal giveaway, opposing the Vietnam War, and promoting the inclusive language for both human beings and God, unquote. Earl F. Adams was the administrative secretary of the National Council of Churches, director of the Washington office of the NCC, and the chairman of the field department of the FCC. He also was associated with the American Youth Congress, a communist front organization. Luther A. Weigel was the president of the FCC and helped to organize the NCC. He was head of the committee, which was responsible for producing the revised standard version of the Bible. His leftist affiliations were, quote, Committee on Mater uh, Militarism and Education, Coordinating Committee to Lift Spanish Embargo, National Religion and Labor Foundation, North American Committee to Aid Spanish Democracy, World Tomorrow Poll, which called for Socialism, Signer, War Registers League. Additionally, quote, Dr. Weigel collaborated with Professor Starbuck in preparing a series of textbooks for Unitarian Sunday Schools. Unitarians reject Christian doctrine of the Trinity. They do not believe that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity or that the Holy Spirit is the third person, the Godhead. Unitarians reject altogether the deity of Jesus Christ and do not believe the Bible to be infallible. Unquote. Dr. Weigel is involved also in a translation of the apocryphal writers. Roswell P. Barnes was the Associate General Secretary of the FCC. His leftist affiliations were, quote, Associated Film Audiences, member of the Executive Board, Committee on Militarism and Education, Secretary, Committee for Normal Norman Thomas, Norman Thomas Campaign Committee, Secretary, Emergency Peace Campaign, National Sponsor, Fellowship of Socialist Christians, Secretary, National Religion and Labor Foundation, North America Committee to Aid Spanish Democracy, United China Relief, 
War Registers League and World Youth Congress sponsor. Unquote. The Federal Council of Churches, Vice Chairman of Commission on Worship, and later the Vice Chairman of the Department of Worship and Art, W. Russell Bowie, belonged to the following leftist affiliation. Quote, American Committee for Non-Participation in Japanese Aggression, American Committee to Save Refugees, American Committee to, for Protection of Foreign-Born, Church Emergency Committee for Relief of Textile Strikers, Church League for Industrial Democracy, Attack the American Legion Lobby in Washington, Citizen Congress, Committee on Militarism and Education, Coordinating Committee to Lift Spanish Embargo, Emergency Committee for Strikers Relief, Friends of Italian Democracy, Greater New York Emergency Conference on Inalienable Rights, Harry Bridges Defense Committee, National Citizens Political Action Committee, National Citizens Committee on Relations and Latin America, National Council of Arts, Sciences, and Professions, National Emergency Conference for Democratic Rights, National Federation for Constitutional Liberties, Non-Intervention Citizens Committee, North American Committee to Aid Spanish Democracy, Open Letter on Harry Bridges as a signer, Open Letter to President Roosevelt Protesting Bridges Deportation as a signer, The Protestant Pro-Communist Magazine signed the petition, Shops Defense Committee, War Registers League, Washington Committee to Lift the Spanish Embargo, and World Tomorrow Poll, which called for socialism, unquote. Planned Economic System Samuel McCree Avert was the General Secretary of the FCC, as well as the General Secretary of the NCC. He, his leftist affiliations were, quote, North American Committee to Aid Spanish Democracy, who's a sponsor, the Protestant Pro-Communist Magazine, signed appeal and sponsor of the Protestant Dinner, War Registers League, endorsed pamphlet, which was military training in the schools and colleges of the U.S., and attack upon the Reserve Officers Training Program, unquote. Quote, it is many official pronouncements that federal council attacked free enterprise, capitalism, and the American way of life and boldly advocated socialism. In an official report in 1932, the federal council stated, Christian ideal calls for a hearty support of a planned economic system. It demands that cooperation shall replace the competition as a fundamental method. At a full meeting in Indianapolis in, Indianapolis, in December 1933, the Federal Council adopted unanimously this socialist creed. Quote, the churches should stand for social planning and control of the credit and monetary system and the economic processes. Unquote. To help the FCC carry out these plans, funds were necessary. 
Although the member churches provided some of the income for the FCC, about two-thirds of its money came from other sources. Some of these sources in 1948 were, Julius Rosenwald Fund made a contribution of $30,229.56. The Arbuckle Damison Foundation gave $16,975.47. Russell Sage Foundation gave $2,959. The Lewis J. and Mary E. Horowitz Foundation and Company gave $2,000. Henry Luce Foundation and Company of Time, Life, Fortune, Fame gave $1,000. The Rockefeller Brothers Fund and Company contributed $1,000. Adeline and Carl Loeb Lube Foundation gave $250. Bulova Foundation for the Department of Race Relations gave $150. The Gastonia Jewish Welfare Fund contributed $50. Of special importance is the fact that the Federal Council of Churches had secured a tax-exempt status. One of the above sources, the Russell Sage Foundation, has been a funder of communist causes as well as a supporter of Planned Parenthood. World Peace Through World Government Andrew Carnegie, the richest man in the world at the time, gave large amounts of money in the Federal Council of Churches to further his goal of world peace through world government. In 1914, Carnegie, quote, offered to establish an endowment of $2 million to finance a peace program of the churches on the condition that the Federal Council of Churches of Christ in America should share in the income and cooperate in the promotion of International Peace Conference to administer the fund, the Church Peace Union, was founded in New York. Unquote. Dr. Stanley Montanith states, Carnegie was a socialist, but socialism he envisioned created a ruling class. After selling U.S. Steel, he funded several foundations with instructions that their power was to be used to transform society and promote world government. Elsewhere, Dr. Monath writes, Andrew Carnegie and Cecil Rhodes were friends. The directors of the Carnegie Endowment of International Peace planned World War I. Finance Lucis Trust have worked to establish a world government. Andrew Carnegie was a spiritualist. Quote, Andrew Carnegie records in his autobiography how he chanced to read Darwin and certain works of Herbert Spencer. I remember that light came as in a flood and all was clear. Not only had I got rid of theology and the supernatural, but I had found the truth of evolution. Unquote. One large contributor to the Federal Council of Churches was John B. Rockefeller. From 1926 to 1929, he had contributed over $137,000 to them. 
which was about 10% of the FCC's total income from all sources. Of course, the Federal Council of Churches partially repaid the support of the wealthy when, in 1942, it issued a platform calling for a world government, international control of all armies and navies, a universal system of money, and democratically controlled international banks. Also, the FCC, quote, we used routinely by the Rockefellers to further their personal interests in church circles. Rockefeller donated to the Federal Council's Department of Church and Economic Life and promoted the, conce- the concept of an international church. This is how ecumenism got its beginning as Rockefeller began the most important financier of liberal and ecumenical Protestantism. Protestantism. <laughs> Rockefeller's quote, idea was that another crusade was needed to bring the warring factions of Christianity together. Rockefeller promoted universal ecumenism stating in December 1917, would that I had the power to bring to your minds the vision as it unfolds before me. I see all denominational emphasis set aside. I see the church molding the thought of the world as it has never done before, leading in all great movements as it should. I see it literally establishing the kingdom of God on earth, unquote. It was John D. Rockefeller in 1917, just to let you remember that. Change the name. During this time, knowledge of the FCC communist activities was growing. Quote, in 1927, Congressman Arthur M. Free introduced a resolution in the House of Representatives describing the Federal Council of Churches as a communist organization aimed at the establishment of a state church, unquote. The FCC was pronounced by U.S. Naval Intelligence in 1936 as one of the most dangerous, subversive organizations in the country. In 1933, a past president of the FCC, Reverend Albert W. Bevan, signed with 44 others a letter to President Roosevelt urging him to socialize America. It read, quote, We hold that there can be no recovery so long as the nation depends on relative legislation inside a capitalistic system. Sworn testimony before the Special House Committee on Un-American Activities, headed by Congressman Martin Dyes in the 1930s, revealed the radical affiliation of the Federal Council of Churches of Christ is a subject of extensive discussion. Apparently, in lieu of primarily promoting Christianity among its several members, it more represents a huge political machine and appears to meddle in radical politics. Its decorate indicates that it interlocks with many of the most radical 
organizations, unquote. Among these organizations, such as the American Civil Liberties Union, its relationships were closer than they were with the denominations which it professed to represent. This was because its political program was coordinated with their activities through strategic interlocking rates with them. These political activities included promotion, among other worthy causes, of the Slackers' Oath, League of Nations propaganda, recognition of Soviet Russia, protection of aliens in America, cancellation of foreign debts, and reduction of tariffs. These objectives generally were advocated by socialists, unquote. Quote, when communist organizations are exposed for their radical activities, they routinely change their names. So likewise, the FCC's name was changed. On November 29, 1950, the Federal Council of Churches, along with about a dozen other interdenominational agencies, merged to become the National Council of Churches, I had to take a break for a minute, I'm so sorry, of the Churches of Christ, NCC. By 1951, 29 churches belonged to the NCC and included about two-thirds of the Protestant and Orthodox membership in the United States. Quote, Some 40 years ago, an Air Force manual rightly noted that many NCC churchmen were or had been members of the Communist Front organizations. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod's Lutheran Witness, referred to the Federal Council of Churches, the predecessor of the NCC, as the most vicious agency in Protestantism. I can't really say that word. Unquote. Quote again, as were the NCC's religious fervor, a survey of the views of its leadership published in Newsweek on June 26, 1967, showed that over one-third could not state they had a firm belief in God. Over 40% do not believe Jesus Christ was divine. Only one in six accepts the Bible doctrine of man's sinful nature. Slightly more than 60% of the delegates look forward to a life after death. Little wonder, then, that NCC supported and commended the Supreme Court decision that removed prayer and Bible reading from public schools." Unquote. Of course, the NCC followed in the same footsteps as the FCC. Gus Hall, the General Secretary of the Communist Party, USA, seemed pleased that the liberal church for in the July 15, 1968 issue of Approach, he mentioned that the red or communistic goals for America were almost identical to those espoused by the liberal church. We can and we should work together for the same things, unquote. Paul is the person who said, quote, I dream of the hour when the last congressman is strangled to death on the guts of the last preacher. And since the Christians seem to love to sing about the blood, why not give them a little of it? Slit the throats of their children and drag them over the mourner's bench and the pulpit and allow them to drown in their own blood. 
and then see whether they enjoy singing these hymns, unquote. With a statement like that, isn't it somewhat unsettling to see that the communist goals are almost identical with the liberal church's goals? Population control. The Rockefellers, who are interested in liberal Christianity, has provided funds for the Federal Council of Churches, and the National Council of Churches was no different. The Rockefellers even donated the land for the NCC and supplied the initial capital to fund a wide-ranging study of organizational structures for the new group. Additionally, a 15-story inner church center would rise on, a, on this plot as the headquarters of the principal Protestant denominations in America, their home and foreign missions, and their national council. John D. Rockefeller Jr. was a big contributor to the World Council of Churches as well. His son, John D. Rockefeller III, was a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. He was also the chairman of the Commission of Population Growth and American Future, which strongly promotes population control. In his acceptance speech for this appointment, he declared, quote, The average citizen doesn't appreciate the social and economic implications of population growth and what it does to the quality of our lives. Rather than think of population control as a negative thing, we should see that it can be enriching, unquote. Did you notice that we are enriched by abortions? Quote, one of the earlier reports of the Rockefeller Commission recommended that present state laws restricting abortion be liberalized along the lines of the New York State statute. Such abortions should be performed on request by duly licensed physicians under conditions of medical safety. And even though Mr. Rockefeller is a religionist, as a zealous supporter of the National Council of Churches, he says religious preconceptions must be overcome. The ideal New York State model abortion law was passed under the leadership of John Rockefeller, Rockefeller's brother, Nelson. In fact, the Rockefellers financed the establishment of one of the first abortion factories. The first large-scale abortion center opened by Planned Parenthood, New York City, was established in the summer of 1971. It was a prototype for the development of additional centers throughout the city, state, and then country. The initial funds to establish the abortion mill came from a $200,000 pledge from the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, unquote. And let's not forget, it was Como who allowed partial birth abortion where the child can be up to nine. I'm ready to be born halfway out of the womb. And the mother can say, I don't want it. And they could kill it. Let's not forget that was in New York. Humanism promoted. In the Rockefeller Foundation, RF publication, RF Illustrated, we find, quote, the RF will continue to work in a less developed world as well as, in, as well as to intensify its efforts in the United States, but will seek an even greater integration of humanistic and scientific disciplines to achieve its goals. Quote, 
Over the years, the Rockefeller Foundation has granted large sums of money to propagate the humanist philosophy of Professor John Dewey and such humanist-oriented institutions and groups as the National Council of Churches, the Union Theological Seminary of New York, the London School of Economics, British Educational Headquarters of Fabian Socialists, and its American counterpart, the New School for Social Research. Nor is it pure coincidence that the Rockefeller brothers have invested scores of millions to promote one world government and donated the land for the United Nations complex in New York City, unquote. In the book, United Nations, the first 50 years, we read, quote, on December 11, 1946, U.N. Ambassador Warren Austin, the former senator from Vermont who succeeded Sedetnius, informed the U.N. that John D. Rockefeller Jr. had offered it $8.5 million to buy the Turtle Bay slum area. The General Assembly accepted the offer by a vote of 46 to 7. The U.N. complex, including the 39-story Secretariat Building for the Security Council on 18 acres of land, was designed mainly by Wallace K. Harrison, Harrison and the architect for the Rockefeller Center. Unquote. Since the Rockefellers fund communistic and humanistic groups, and one of these groups is the NCC, it doesn't take any great imagination to realize that the NCC is not a Christian group. Rockefeller's church is the Riverside Church, also called the Rockefeller Church. Quote, an affiliated arm of the WCC, called the American Friends of the World Council of Churches, is headquartered at the Liberal Riverside Church at 475 Riverside Drive, New York City, where Vietnam War Register Reverend William Sloan Coffin, Skull and Bones Class of 49, pastored. Coffin later became the president of Sane Freeze. Quote, a socialist international group pushing for a United Nations military force and general disarmament of national armies, navals, and air forces. Coffin was now added, has now added the environmental issue to his left-wing activist agenda. He is also a big supporter of and has been a keynote speaker for the World Federalist Association. The group begun by the late writer Norman Cousins to lobby for a one-world government and the end of American sovereignty and independence, unquote. Harry Emerson Fosdick, another former pastor of Riverside, was Harry Emerson Fosdick. He, too, was a leader in the NCC, as well as the former president of the Rockefeller Foundation. He didn't believe in the deity of Christ. He said, quote, Of course I do not believe in the virgin birth or in that old-fashioned substitutionary doctrine of the atonement and do not know any intelligent minister who does, unquote. It was in May 1922 when he, quote, 
preached a now famous sermon entitled, Shall the Fundamentalist Win? In the sermon, he declared an all-out war on Bible-believing Christianity and those who upheld it. Shortly after he became pastor of the immense Riverside Church in New York City, built largely with Rockefeller money, and continued teaching his unbiblical views there, unquote. In April 4, 2001, issue of the Christian Century was an ad seeking for a minister of the Mission and Social Justice at the Riverside Church. The ad said the ideal candidate will possess, quote, experience working with denominations that are members of the National Council of Churches and other ecumenical alliances, unquote. Soon after the National Council of Churches was organized, a formal constitution called the Document of Record was written. One representative from each of the 29 churches signed the official book. Eleven of these 29 signers of the official book have, record, have public records of affiliation with pro-communist enterprises. There were 358 clergymen who were voting delegates to the Constituting Convention. Of these clergymen, 123, or 34%, have had affiliations with the communist projects and enterprises. These represent a high degree of communist penetration. Unquote. No wonder the communists have bragged that they are filling our pulpits. Over 40 years ago, in 1960, Richard Ahrens from the House of Committee on Un-American Activities reported, quote, Thus far of the leadership of the National Council of Churches of Christ in America, we have found over 100 persons in leadership capacity with either communist front records or records of service to communist causes. The aggregate affiliations of the leadership, instead of being in the hundreds as first indicated, is now, according to the last count, into the thousands. And we have yet to complete our check, which would certainly suggest, on the basis of authoritative sources of this committee, that the statement that there is infiltration of fellow travelers in churches and educational institutes is a complete understatement, unquote. Since the FCC was involved in communistic causes and activities, it is not surprising to see that the NCC is also involved in such endeavors. You see, many of the liberal leaders of the Federal Council became prominent leaders of the new organization. And I'm going to end that there, brothers and sisters, and pick it up next time in part two of chapter four. I love you all so very much. Go back over, reread, take this to the Lord in prayer, ask him for wisdom, ask him for discernment, and ask him to lead you to begin to search these things out and lead you to the proper information, the proper sites, because I have said this before and I will say it again. They are changing history on us. They are putting out their websites with false information to make those that know the truth and has recorded the truth to make them look like fools. Have the Lord lead you and guide you. He will trust in the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus, your nose in the book, which is the word of God. And embed the word of God 
upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against God. I love you all so very much. Bye-bye.